Welcome in to another Two Boys, One Pod podcast. I'm your host, Max Vito. Here to set up the big game weekend is my co-host and younger brother, the one and only Martin Vito. Martin, how you doing? Max, I am doing fantastic. The Birds, 5-0. and The Phillies, 3-0. and And our Penn State Nittany Lions, 5-0, and going into the big house this week. Couldn't be more stoked. And I meant to say Penn State second and then end with the Phillies, but we could we could redo it or just keep going. And your Philadelphia 76ers starting next Tuesday, or is it Monday? We got a big sports weekend. We got a big sports week on the way. It's been exciting, exciting times around here. Rivalry course, week. Setting the stage up Saturday at noon, big noon kickoff. Your 5-0, number 10 ranked in the AP poll, Penn State Nittany Lions taking on number 5, Michigan. It's going to be a game. I think it's going to be a battle. How you feeling about it, Martin? A little nervous? Max, I've never been nervous for anything in my life. And you think a little trip to the big house and in front of the, the, the weakest crowd in the country makes me nervous. You got, we got other fish to fry. I've, I've been to the big house when I was a sophomore, no, a junior in college, and it was a good time. Beautiful stadium, but it's just not loud. It's kind of like dug into a pit, and from the outside, it doesn't look like that big because half the stadium is built in the ground, but on the outside, like the, the stands, it's just like a beautiful brick facade, and there's like grass inside the, like the actual stadium area. It's kind of cool, but... Certainly not the atmosphere that would make you nervous. It's such a shallow bowl that it doesn't hold in any noise. But if you were nervous, you were nervous, Martin, one way to calm the nerves is to drink a LaCroix. Calms the belly, calms the stomach. And you know what they say, Martin? Zero calories, zero zero, zero, zero sodium equals innocent. Do they say take my cinema LaCroix here? Does People are say... starting to ask if we're actually sponsored by LaCroix, and the answer is yes, we are sponsored by LaCroix. We're collecting big checks, and I'm, I'm sure you, you guys have all switched to drinking LaCroix, and that really means the world to us. Yeah. Holly has switched to Spindrift, but Whoa. she is not a friend of the pod, so. Yeah. Well, I'm uh, I am. Um... I'm out of LaCroix. I am going to Costco to go pick up two twenty-four racks on a Thursday. So for now, I'll just be drinking bubbly and LaCroix in the, when I go into the office. It's been a tough week for me. Yeah, sounds like it. Oh, yeah. So I was reading some – well, l- let me read these quotes to you, and you tell me what they are. Stack every chip on my shoulder. Time to collect. Give the game your heart, and everything else will fall in place. It's easy to be motivated and focused when the dice roll in your way. What you gonna do when you one, two, three, and they count you out? Um, is that a uh, Tupac? <laughs> These are our Lions. How they uh, how they reacted to the Northwestern game? And I for- we forgot to mention this, mentioned this on the last pod, but they were going crazy. All of our all of our guys were going crazy on Instagram. They got all those cool rain picks. And uh, make sure to add some fun quotes to those pictures. 
I just wanted to give a shout out the the social media game after those that Northwestern game. It was a bad game, but the social media game was a plus. I sound like a total dork right now, don't I? No comment, Max. Max, we we don't talk about social media unless it's Sean Clifford. And today he was sharing um, one person who was commenting on how he's he's an investor. An entrepreneur. They listed like five or, or teaching assistant. They listed five accolades, and then they said starting quarterback for the Penn State Nittany Lions. Yeah, and you, the the kid can do it all. What can I say Liam Liam Clifford's brother? <laughs> oh, that that's an Mrs. accolade in its own. Mrs. Clifford's son, a son, a Christian, a football player, family. And mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, we got a big game on deck for Saturday, and I am a little bit nervous about it. The, the nerves are starting to build a little bit, but I think is, this is... Is a, it the maze out? Are you worried about the maze out? Dude, maze out. What was the one in Auburn? We did. They did a something in Auburn, right? Didn't they do like a, a, a blue out or something? I don't know. I don't know. No, an or- they did an orange out. And they did a blackout. And pretty did a, third. a blackout. Yeah. Sorry, this uh, liqueur is giving me the bubbles, <laughs> the, the 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 tingly throat feeling, a little spicy, the the, the heebie-jeebies. Um, yeah. Max, so, go ahead, y- you speak, Max, because uh, you got the heebie-jeebies. Um, why don't you set the scene for us of what it's going to look like this Saturday? All right, as I said, number ten, Penn State coming to town. Michigan defense ranked fifth. In scoring defense, only uh, letting up uh, 11 points, 11.3 points per game. So that, again, ranks fifth in the country. Their offense is solid, not world beaters like Ohio State or Tennessee this year, but averaging 459 yards per game, which ranks 29th in the country. Their rushing offense behind the solid offensive line and star running back Blake Corum is ranked 20th in the country in terms of yards per game. So they're right up there with the, you know, some of the best teams in the country. I would say their number five rating might be a little inflated given who they've played so far. They beat um, smoked Colorado, Hawaii, and Connecticut in their non-conference schedule. That might be the, the weakest non-conference schedule in the country. And then they've struggled but won a little bit the last three weeks, um, beating Maryland 34-27, beating Iowa 27-14, and then beating Indiana this past week. And although that game went into the fourth quarter, uh, they beat them 31-10. to So they've fought some battles the last three weeks. I wouldn't say they're as battle-tested as we are coming in with the, our two road wins against Auburn and Purdue. Uh, but they have played now um, Big Ten quality opponents and, and beat them handedly. I wouldn't say they beat Maryland handily. That was a pretty close game right to the end. So, where are they going to beat us? I think for one, it's their running game that we have to be worried about. Blake Corum is good. He's the real deal. Uh, One of the best running backs in in the country. Uh, Especially if you let him into space, when he gets outside the tackle box, that's when he does most of his damage. Inside, not as effective. Um, so, you know, running behind the guards and center, they aren't as good. So, um, you know, what we're going to have to do there is maintain our gap integrity with our defensive tackles. 
and then uh, make sure our linebackers kind of funnel everything back into the middle. Because um, if Blake Corum cut, like, cuts it loose to the outside, uh, we could be uh, in for a long day getting gashed by the run. Martin, do you like J.J. McCarthy? J.J. the jet plane is what they like to call him. I think, I think he's an all right Big Ten quarterback. He'll probably be um, up there once again with uh, one of the better quarterbacks we'll face this season. Mm-hmm. But he's behind a, a pretty stout offensive line there. And if we get uh, pressure to them and make them go unscripted, I think um, we could um, really see the ball turning in our favor this weekend. Yeah, they have a good good offensive line. J.J. McCarthy hasn't been under a lot of pressure this year, just given the competition and the weak pass rushes they faced. I think um, our defensive line is by far the best they will see um, or, or uh, to date. So they um, might be. I'm hoping they're in for a little bit of a rude awakening in terms of the, the, the kind of pressure we can get uh, we can get at them in their passing game. Um, they are running more of a spread offense compared to uh, Michigan teams in the past that just like to get under center, play Stanford ball, you know, John Harbaugh, NFL style, running downhill um, from the eye and uh, play action. They're doing a little bit less of that now. Um, and those teams can get, you know, the, when you face those types of teams that run downhill like that can get so frustrating if they're just moving, moving the ball five yards at a time. But they're doing a little bit less of that this year. Um, so what I would like to see is if we can get J.J. McCarthy into um, getting him out of his dink and dunk game kind of and more into longer dropbacks and, and, and can then we capitalize and get home. And what is their what does their offense look like when they can't control it with the running game and need to need to pass a lot? So I think the key is here to get them off schedule first and second down. I mean, this is game plan for most defensive most defensive uh, teams try to keep them to one or two yards um, of, of, uh, on first down, you know, make, keep, keep Billy Corm contained and see what they can do in the passing game. Because um, I think that's a formula for success with our very strong defensive secondary. Yeah. And I'm excited to see what Manny Diaz draws up, what kind of blitzes, what kind of stunt games he sends around to just keep pressure on, on that, passing attack and see make them try to run the ball and then we shut that that out and then we win the game just like that max pretty simple you just do you do everything right and there's no way the other team can win am i right no i i think no i think i think there's a formula here it's just going to be tough because they do they do have a pretty strong running game um but i i think you know one thing i'm a little bit worried about is that michigan or, or penn state has gotten away with being really aggressive I think because of the poor quality of offensive teams we've played so far and Michigan I think is maybe Purdue's right up there but Michigan um is one will be one of the better offensive teams we see this year are they going to burn us for a deep pass um, with one of their like Wilson or Ronnie Bell um uh, when we get a little bit aggressive with the blitz not sure we'll see there's key I've noticed. I, yeah. I've noticed recently, the last play. couple of years, um, we tackle pretty well, and just making sure we don't just dive at the legs with the shoulders, and make sure we do full wrap ups because that turns a thirty yard play into a touchdown a lot of times. Yeah. Just a little analysis. 
That's what we do here on the Two Boys One Pot podcast. When we're nervous about a game, you start talking, you know, the the, the common tropes and football talks, you know. So, flipping to the other side of the ball, Michigan's defense is not as good as it was last year. They lost Aiden. top six, Aiden Hutchinson. I mean, what was he, the third pick in the draft or something? I think he was two. Two. And then David Ajago, who would have been a first-round pick but got injured, so he, he dropped, I think, to the second round or the late first. I can't exactly remember. Couldn't be me. But those those defensive ends, they, they are not um, – they have a solid line, but they're not replenishing that production with their team this year. Their defensive secondary is solid, it's, it's, uh, but once again, they lost Dax Hill, uh, top safety in the draft this past year. And uh, I think their weak spot is probably at the linebacker position and, and an area where we can kind of exploit throughout the game. So – I think that sets up Brennan Strange and our tight ends for a big game this week, um, targeting the middle of the field and the linebacker, uh, linebackers in the pass game. Um, I'm not sure how effective we will be in the downfield pass game. We haven't been all season. Uh, I think with def- the, the Michigan secondary, I don't know if that's going to be an area that we can um, really key in on with you know what, what we've produced so far this year with Penn State's wide receivers. So tight ends, uh, I think Brennan Strange, could have a, a, a big game for us like he's had all year. Yeah. And I think one thing I'm hoping is that we can maybe not have to rely on a deep ball this game and really just work methodical drives down the field with some solid run game, working both Singleton and um, Katron, both rotating in as well as just keeping those short passes. Maybe we'll break one eventually. But um, it's, we, I don't want to be in a position where we, we need to throw those deep balls often. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I hope we keep the chains shortened, you know, working from, you know, not, instead of the like third and tens, we're, we're, we're converting on third and twos most of the game. And that will come down to, as you said, effective play from Katron Allen and Nicholas Singleton. Um, you know, Nicholas Singleton is more of our boom and bust back right now. He's the one that can break it 40 yards. Katron Allen has been a solid, you know, four to six yard, you know, uh, play to time um, type of back this season. And, and we may rely on, him, rely on him heavily on Saturday. I think Kevion Lee is probably still in the mix. I know we don't want to see it as much because we don't think he's as effective as uh, the other two freshmen. But he's probably going to get some some run on Saturday, whether we like it or not. I think, you know, one thing I didn't mention in terms of exploiting the linebackers uh, using running backs in the passing game. Sneak, uh, Kavion Lee's been a good um, receiving back this year. Sneak him out in the flat, maybe set up a couple screens. The playbook is completely wide open this week. Everything's in play. Uh, Mike Yersich, throw those you know weirdly designed screens, some of those trick plays. Let's get let's get home with a win. Send Parker Washington into uh, motion and toss to the outside kind of plays and then throw back. I'm, I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see the whole playbook open. Um, I'll be honest, I'm really looking forward to this game this week overall. Um, kind of have the nerves already going on, on a Tuesday. Um, lucky for me, it's a 10 a.m. Uh, kickoff here in Denver, so I don't have to wait any time on Saturday. Just just wake up from your, your slumber, from your night out. Are you going to do anything Friday night? 
Oh, oh I'm throwing a tailgate this weekend, Max. I have uh, 30 some people coming over um, around 9 to 10 a.m., maybe filter in by lunchtime, but I'll have the uh, smoker fired up at 6 a.m. with uh, six racks of ribs and some chicken wings on it. What's in the keg? Uh, probably Coors Light. That's right. Yeah. So it'll be fun. It'll be a fun Saturday. And yeah, I'll, I'll be up plenty of time. At least I don't have to wait till like 6 p.m. So. That's good. Yeah. I hate waiting all day for one of those games. Usually I just, if we talk about this this year, you just, just see some, some yard work, water some flowers, clip some hedges, mow the lawn, drink a beer, rake some leaves. Big, big leaf peeper, Martin is. Oh. Yeah, I went leaf peeping this last week. So did Max. Max is a big fall guy. He took his dog out towards Patagonia, posed in front of some water and leaves this weekend. He's looking like a real, real uh, fall boy. Christian fall boy, boy autumn. Boy. Yeah, Christian boy autumn. Um, All right. Max, what will be the key for Penn State to win this game? Did I go off script? Is that an off script question? I'm thinking. I think... I think our offense is going to score. I think we're going to get 20 points to 30 points. Actually, I'm going to change my score prediction now. But I think we're, <laughs> I think we're going to score about tw- a little over 20 points. I think the key is how can you limit a pretty good Michigan offense? We haven't faced – I mean, we held a pretty good offense in Purdue to 24 points. Can we get them? Can we keep Michigan below that number? I'm not sure. I think it's going to come down to negative plays and getting that team behind the sticks because I don't know how effective they will be in a full-fledged passing game. Um, I, I, they're going to rely again heavily on Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards. I didn't mention him. Their number two running backs really good as well. So stopping them to short runs on first and second down or getting negative uh, negative plays, tackles for loss, or sacks, and setting them behind the sticks. I, I think that's a recipe for success. And that's what I'm going to go with. And I'll say, we just need no, uh, no mistakes from Sean Clifford out there on Saturday. No picks. Um, no, no overthrows. Um, you got to hit the plays when they're there. And... I think I, I totally do believe we, we have a very good chance of winning this football game if we just don't make stupid mistakes on offense and we we just we make them work the whole field and go downfield. We don't let up those big plays. Do you think this is a big Sean Clifford game? I'm I'm like in between on it. Because... I just I just think we can't ha- he can't make mistakes. I don't right. say he has to be perfect. He doesn't have to have a huge amazing Pat Mahomes like throws and plays. I just think he needs to yeah. uh, not throw those uh, interceptions. Like, he's had, and he's like, for as much as we rewrite Sean, he has had a pretty good sh- turnout in big games. At least the, last, the last two years. Uh, last year against, I guess not. Not when he was hurt. He, it was it got rough last year, but even against Ohio State last year, he was pretty solid, and he yeah. was really good in, early in the season against uh, Auburn. And you know he was, he was really good, good. He was good, good this year Iowa. against Auburn. He was really good in that hostile environment in Iowa. We went to that game, yeah. and I think that that 
game against all, like uh, Iowa is the formula for like Sean Clifford before he got hurt, of course. We don't need to make the big throw downfield, like utilizing the short passing game and tight ends and relying more on like yak yards after catch and then just having it go, you know, stay balanced with the running game. Because um, I'm not sure if like you can put everything on, on Sean Clifford's shoulder and hope to, to win a shootout. That's not really the, the way we've won the past two years. And Sean's never really proven that. So I, I, it, we're, our defense hopefully won't need us to put us put us in that situation. So that's why, saying, that's why no, I think the defense no, is the key here. He's, he can't throw that a pick six kind of thing. He can't throw – he can't make that throw he made against Purdue. Um, right. That, that can't happen this game. Look who we got here. Pluto. Hey, Pluto. Pluto's in for his walk. Pluto, who's winning this week? Pluto, who's winning the football game? Pluto's take. Sit. Bark. <laughs> he's barking for Penn State. All right, Max, should we go to the cooler? Let's go to the cooler. So I got a question in this week from longtime listener, Adam Sadbury. That was the LaCroix thanks. track and everything. Adam, thanks for listening all these years and giving us good feedback on the pod. We appreciate it. Hope to make it back for a game. Michigan State game last week of the season. Hoping to be there. Question is, is this Michigan game a must win if Penn State wants to make it to the Big Ten Championship. <sighs> okay, so the scenario we lose this game, to make it to the Big Ten Championship, you'd have to pretty much win out and, and beat Ohio State. And then what happens when everyone's just one loss? That's that's what I've been asking for <laughs> all, all week. And you run the simulations – uh, like in the ESPN college football predictor, which is the stupidest thing in the world. It's very obvious, like what the, it's like predicting for. But yeah, what if we if we went out and still lose to Michigan? But then uh, Ohio State beats Michigan, Michigan which is going to happen. Yeah, um, especially because it's at Ohio State this year. Exactly. Who who goes in? What what is that tiebreaker? These are things we should have prepared for. I meant to ask this. This was oh, actually this is the first my first thought when I read that question you sent earlier was exactly what you said. But going back to the question, um, as we talked about last year um, or la- last week or a couple weeks ago, I think it is a must-win game because as we've seen in the past, we have never done very well after that first loss of the season. Besides maybe the year we won the one and beat Wisconsin um, in the Big Ten Championship in 2016, 2017. But I think it is a must win because if not, I don't think – I think we're going to struggle the following week against Minnesota. We won't be as motivated. So why not just win this week, win the next, and then go into Ohio State with one loss. Newsflash, oh, if you don't lose – Newsflash, if you don't lose, you will make it to the Big Ten Championship. Yeah, that's pretty much the answer to this question. I think you could also spin it into a different question. Like, if we lose, can we still make the college football playoff? And I think that 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 answer is uh, potentially a yes. If we would beat Ohio State, and Ohio State is 11-1 and one and wins the Big Ten championship, we would both, and assuming... Yeah, assuming we beat them, then we'd both be 11-1, and one, or they would be 12-1 and one with the Big Ten championship win. There would have to be some attrition outside 
of the Big Ten, um, which it always you know, seems I just, to happen. I just can't. That's see. a lot to think about it. <laughs> it's I, I th- typically a one loss team makes the makes the college football playoff in a Power Five conference, but in our situation right now, how we see it, if we're a one loss team, that means especially if our losses to Michigan and at Ohio State. I see it as three Big Ten teams are a one-loss team. Which one goes to the Big Ten title game? And I don't think they'll replay everything. So that's a tiebreaker we, we will need to delve into. That's right. But wait, let's win out. Let's do week, it. One and oh. I got in a fight this week with Holly about the meaning of one and no. Oh, you know Nick Sirianni's a one and no guy too. Dog mentality. <laughs> Pluto, come over here and tell us about your dog mentality. Good boy. (laughs) All right, Max. Uh, All right. What else we got? We got – that's all I had in the uh, the cooler this week. Martin, do you have any other questions in the cooler? Yeah, with uh, how the Phillies are playing, the Eagles are playing, um, do you think that translates to uh, Penn State football? I, I think so, because I think the dominant professional sports team contingent among Penn State fans are those two teams, and it contributes to good vibes all around. Go Phils. Go Birds. Go Phils. Go Birds. Um, that was a silly question, Martin. I know. I'm just pretty, pretty hopped up on my my Philadelphia fandom, and I know this is just building up a huge letdown spot, and probably all three. Um, but for now, well, I can't be let down too badly by the Phillies because a win today yeah. was already was already um, not yeah. expected. Totally house money now <laughs> with the Phillies. We just beat them with Suarez, who was like what one of our worst rotation or rotational pieces. Now we got Zach Wheeler and. Aaron Nolan on the mound the next two games. We're totally, and I will admit it, we are totally Phillies bandwagon fans right now. We watched a handful of games this year. Martin, you probably watched a little bit more than me. It's but, it's funny seeing my my like yeah. high school friend group group message like fully watching this game and like just this like the stupid takes to why are we switching pitchers now? Like like, like why is this guy, coming? And like dude, and, like. Meanwhile, Dude, I haven't watched baseball in three years. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Shane Nelson has been to maybe about like thirty pen or not thirty Phillies games this year and watches every single night. Yeah. And he just goes, "Well, surprisingly, Bull Roddy's uh, actually had a very good September." And then he goes and gives up a three-run home run. Yeah, yeah. I think it was, yeah, it was the other day. It was like the guy hadn't given people were like, "Why did they take him out?" And the guy hadn't given up a home run since like August. And like all the casuals that came in last minute were were questioning the the pitching change. Yeah, people need to just realize they don't know what they're talking about most of the time. It's a good it's a good life life lesson and life trait. Yeah, I agree. Um, just admit you don't know anything. I don't know. I mean, I don't know anything about Penn State football. Um, Max, my next question. Martin uh, recording during his job hours. <laughs> this is not true. Um, this is not true. That's not was... true. It's 5 p.m. mountain time. <laughs> no, I got to hop on later anyway. Um, right, yeah. yeah. Non, non-traditional non-traditional work hours. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, FinTech. Uh, anywho, Max, what do you got for score prediction this week? I have one. You have one. How is this going to play out? Uh, I'll go first because I'm probably going to be the Debbie Downer. Uh, despite all the things I said earlier about how we can win this game and why I think it's going to be a good game and how we could be effective in, in scoring and stopping them from scoring, I'm going with Michigan 24, Penn State 20. I'm a little bit worried about our offensive production against what will be the def- best defense we've played to date. And I had a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth from the past two weeks, not defensively, but um, from from how our offense was played um, or how we played offensively. And I'm just not confident right now without a dynamic receiving core and really special players on the outside if we can capitalize on what I think will be a, mis- a mistake somewhere along the way in the second half that sets us back. So P- Michigan 24, Penn State 20. I'm just telling you that this is how I feel. It's not me being a, you know, a pessimistic Penn State fan. I think we're, we're right up there with them. You know, typically the home team gets a th- three or four points and that's what I'm giving them. Martin. Max, Max, Max. You have a gun to my head and are making me choose Penn State now. Um, now, when everything goes correctly on Saturday, it's going to be a, an amazing day. Weather is going to be crisp. The beers will be flowing. The meat will be coming off the grill. And when it's all said and done, Penn State will be winning 27-24 on a touchdown, not too unlike Iowa 20. 20- 17 um last play of the game and boy will will the insert metaphor here after that upset it's going to be exciting and we'll be right in the conversation for the college football playoff as we head into the load out next weekend against minnesota the one uh, yeah that's correct one uh, one last question for you max let's hear um Will you, I obviously, with your prediction, uh, Penn State's covering seven and a half, but are you going to sprinkle on that money line? Why not? Ooh. Like a, oh yeah, like a little bit of a, well, oh, that's, not the, that's not the emotional hedge, Martin. That is the, un, that's the, that's the wrong play. No, that's the, that's the, well, let's, let's go win today. And uh, I, I would take, I th- is it still at seven and a half? It's may have changed. I know it opened like at least when yes. I looked at it I think, on Sunday. I think that's a little aggressive, but we'll see. I saw um, the S and P predictions pretty much pretty highly in favor of Michigan, but a lot of that had to do with S and P against Northwestern and how that infected our S and P thing, S and P rating. I think it's called S and P, like Bill Conley's thing for ESPN. I think you're thinking of the stock market. It's an analytics thing, Martin. You wouldn't know. Uh, well, yeah, I'm purely, I'm purely a gut guy. <laughs> just, a, just a like a boomer dad just texting with like his fingernail with one yeah. hand and saying and saying nobody's blocking anybody when they're like like clearly like a stunt yeah. game that like the offensive line just wasn't prepared for. Sure, nobody's blocking anybody, but but like. Go- 
Go under center. Where's the fullback? <laughs> Anywho, Max, um, I hope uh, I hope this weekend goes in our favor, and we'll be um, talking about how fun it was next week. Yeah, next week we'll come at you at two. Uh, two. Or why does I keep saying Tuesday? Tuesday. We'll come come back to you on Tuesday. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. Anchor, Spotify. Seems like that's the only places people listen to spot. Uh, the only only areas or only platforms where people listen to podcasts. But if there are other platforms out there, let us know. I'm trying to stretch this out, this this podcast out. I know people enjoy listening to a longer than thirty minute podcast. So we got a shirt change over here. Martin's getting ready for the gym. He's going to do some sprints afterward on the local high school football field. I'm going to take my dog for a short watch, short walk, and then watch TV. Oh, Max, have you been watching Dahmer? You seem like a Dahmer guy. Yeah, I watched two episodes. Uh, I liked it, but Holly did not like it, so we we haven't watched it have anymore. You, have you watched House of Dragon? That's the other question. I did. Up to date. Say it, Max. Say it. Whore! <laughs> Close. Well, actually, that was it. That was it. That was my favorite scene. Wait, I can't even remember. We watched this last night. I don't remember anything. Even says, "Say it." Oh, okay. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Let's not George. let's not ruin the uh, let's not <laughs> no spoilers on the Two Boys One Pod podcast. All right. Oh, I think that'll God start bless. your driving engagement. All right. God bless all of our haters, Avery. We love you way more than your father. Yeah, I'm worried about him. All right, bye, Max. Drunk. Just kidding. He's not. All right, bye.